Good evening. Welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Edwina. And today, continuing on once more with Feeling Series and Buffet of Vampire Slayer, today we're starting Season 3, Episode 1, Annie and Anne. Uh, originally Anne aired an on December, uh, September 29, 1998, written and directed by Joss Whedon. Yep. All by him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan of the show, but Jared has never watched the whole series. And I'm trying to convince him that it's worth his time. Well, we're into season three. And uh, as we said last week with the season finale, I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> but I could say there's definitely a sort of a tonal shift with this episode from the from the previous two seasons. It seems a little... I don't know. It seemed a little down this episode. It seemed a, a well, different. Buffy was a different person, a yeah, little less Buffy's, perky. You know, Buffy's dealing with her grief over killing Angel, like her, her um, yeah, grief, grief, and yes, despair, and you know, bl- you know, um, guilt, guilt mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's feeling guilty and. You know, she had a tough decision to make. Wasn't a fun one for her. Well, I was kind of thrown at the last second too. Like she had no idea it was coming. So you know, that was there's also that. Yeah. So, what do you think of this episode then? Um. Well, we no longer have the scream in the intro. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so we get the redone. Yeah, the remastered. So, yeah. Yeah. So you get the redone um, intro. Um, you know, season three is probably one of my favorite seasons, to be fair. Um, really? Yeah, we get a few, you don't get as many Monster of the Week episodes, um, in season three. Um, I think they get a bit of a higher budget as well. I was going to say, there's there's definitely a noticeable budget increase. Now, I don't know whether that's just because the first season premiere, they sort of go all out on that one and then, uh, and um, then go does- back to the, the budget ones later. Yeah, it does have one of the worst episodes of the series in it, though, uh, in, my, okay. in my opinion. Oh, that's the only one that counts. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but as this is a written and directed Joss Whedon episode, it, it's not one of the best ones that he's done, but it's when he starts getting a bit more experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, like you get that really long scene, <laughs> that uh, long cut. At the, at start, the start, yeah. 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 Um, and also <laughs> the spotlights. <laughs> The, the spotlights. End. The spotlight, you know, like what House Spielberg loves doing mm. the spotlights. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Did you want to do the Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do um, that. And uh yeah, uh, we'll get this show on the road, all right? In a cemetery in Sunnydale, lacking a slayer, the Scooby Gang has tried to temporarily take her place. The attempt to slay a newly risen vampire, but they are very uncoordinated and weak. They discuss Buffy's absence and Willow wonders if Buffy knows school starts the next day. We then see Buffy, but due to her expulsion from school, the death of Angel and fighting with her mother, Buffy has left Sunnydale and moved to Los Angeles where she works as a diner waitress under her middle name, Anne. She serves Lily and Ricky, a young couple living on the streets who have just got a complimentary set of distinctive tattoos. As Buffy walks the street, a homeless woman is muttering, I am no one. Later that evening, Lily approaches Buffy and reveals that she remembers her from Sunnydale and a time when Lily was known as Chanterelle. As they talk, a man bumps through and mutters, I am no one, as he walks out into traffic and is nearly hit by a car, only saved by Buffy's quick response. 
Buffy encounters a man named Ken who comments on her lost state and offers to befriend her. Later, Giles turns from his unsuccessful trip to find Buffy and talks to Joyce. She's afraid to leave the house in case Buffy calls home or shows up. Giles tries to comfort her and tell her not to blame herself. She doesn't, instead blaming Giles for her leaving home. The next day, Lily tells Buffy that Ricky has disappeared. Buffy reluctantly agrees to help her find him. In her search, she finds the body of an elderly homeless man with Ricky's tattoo. Buffy reports her findings to Lily, who doesn't believe that the body could be Ricky's. On the street, Lily meets Ken, who claims to know Ricky, so she agrees to go with him. Buffy interrogates a blood bank worker who has been acting suspiciously and learns that the woman has been giving Ken the names of healthy homeless people who have been coming to donate blood. Meanwhile, Ken has prepared Lily for a cleansing, which entrails stepping into a bath in the floor. Lily hesitates as the bath looks like black oil. At the door, Buffy attempts to pass herself off as a sinner wanting a new chance, but ends up kicking her way through the building in time to see Lily dragged into the pool. Buffy and Ken wrestle and they both fall in, coming out below in a huge factory. Ken's human mask falls off, revealing him to be a demon. Buffy and Lily are now amongst many other slave laborers of varying ages. Ken tells Buffy and Lily that they are in a hell dimension where time passes very quickly. A hundred years there equals only one day in Los Angeles. Since he only picks people who no one will miss, they will have worked themselves to a used-up old age without anyone noticing their absence. He tells Lily that Ricky remembered her even after he'd forgotten his own name. Lily resigns herself to end up in hell and accepts her fate passively. Later, a demon guard lines up the captives and asks each one, Who are you? If anyone says their name, he would bludgeon them to death, wanting the only answer, I am no one. When it is Buffy's turn, she says her name with pride and a battle ensues until Ken threatens Lily at knife point. Ken delivers a speech, but Lily pushes him off the ledge onto a concrete floor. Lily then leads the captives back up through the pool as Buffy dispatches Ken. Once all the humans are out of the demonic dimension, the pool gateway closes. Back at her apartment, Buffy packs her bag. She then gives Lily her Anne identity. On her arrival back at the family home, Buffy is embraced by her relieved mother, the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice ending there. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, this is, go? this is an okay season opener and sets up the themes for the rest of the season, which is identity and hope, which are really quite heavily mm. uh, the heavy themes of this episode. Yeah. And, yeah, are quite. Um, yeah. <laughs> Quite prevalent. Because you have yeah. you have well you have um you have Lily's identity, which you know obviously Yeah, she says she changes her identity to who yeah. she's with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy's got a tattoo of that isn't her name. Yeah. Whoops. Uh you know, what else? Um she you know, and you also have Joyce saying to to um Giles, like Who is my daughter? Who is yeah, she? You know, Giles says that he didn't make Buffy who she is and then Joyce responds with, uh, who exactly is she then? <laughs> um, and you have all the homeless people going, I'm no one, I'm no one. Like there's that uh, guard who is pretty much like, whatever you thought, whatever you were, does not matter. You are no one now. You mean nothing. 
Mm, very <laughs> blunt. Um, yeah, and you have Buffy in a completely new, with a completely new identity. Uh, you could also maybe uh, put uh, Willow in there as well, being Buffy at the start. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Sort of her impression, impression of Buffy she was sort of doing. Maybe even the, the identity of uh, Xander and Cordelia's relationship in some way, maybe. Um, not really knowing what it, they're not talking to each other about yeah, it. Yeah, they, they have very poor communication mm. skills when they're not making out or fighting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, this episode, it, it um, it's continuing on from the repercussions of last season, just like what we had happen with season one going into season two. It's not like a fresh start. Yeah. So to speak, like she's still dealing with uh, what happened. The fallout from the previous season. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, she has tried to run away from her problems and pretty much disconnect from the world, which as we know is not a good thing for a Slayer to do. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah, feel, feel it. She oh, yeah. was out. And then Lily had to pull her back in, yeah, you know. Yeah, and then she meets Lily who tries so hard to connect. You know, she meets Lily and she's trying like Lily is trying so hard to connect with Buffy. Um Yeah, but- and she's just not don't want anything to do with you. And even yeah. when she re- recognizes her and then Buffy recognizes her, like, oh no, no, I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. Um but you know, and she's sort of like, You wanna go to a rave? <laughs> <laughs> Some guy's basement. <laughs> yes. Oh god. And I don't have any money. Um. Well, yeah. This guy's you know. charging people to go in his basement. Yeah, but remember those those illegal raves at the time. Yeah, I, I don't. They, they were always in like weird places. Like, yeah, no, abandoned factories. Yeah. Yeah, it was abandoned warehouses and yeah, and you know she does eventually um, realize that she can't stay. In her pit of despair forever. Yeah. Um. I do want to talk about that. That um scene. That I think it's like a six minute long long shot. Oh, that tracking scene they do. Yeah. yeah which yeah. normally I think it's always a it's always a director showing off, and you know you get some episodes of television that are all done in one shot. Yeah, it seems to be a, a trope now, isn't it, to do the long shot yeah. sequence or, yeah. the lo- or the one shot episode even. Yeah. Or you know, um, and that long. But that long shot, it's just so kinetic the way like there's so much going on in that mm. that scene. And it's so as I said, it sort of brings in the themes of hope. They're all kind of hopeful for the new year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all, are, yeah. Um, you know, that there's so much movement and like the way that the, you know, the camera's sort of panning around to all these different conversations and then it just cuts to Buffy's apartment where she's just sitting still trying to open a can of soup. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's that ama- – yeah, it sort of really does portray, like, where Buffy actually is compared to where her friends are. Yeah. Like, everything's moving forward. There's, you know, hope for the new year. Um, and then he cuts to Buffy in just mm. – yeah, in absolute despair. Um, and yeah, and I just thought that's it's a really great living of, off the grid. Yeah, that yeah, but it's just a really good scene. Hmm. Like the yeah, way yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's sort of my take on it. Did you recognize Lily at all? No, I didn't recognize her at all. No, 
Yeah, so Lily, who will now, from now on, be known as Anne, <laughs> um, you know, she is trying to, she is sort of one of those characters that's trying to find her place in the world. And then Anne ends up having a really fantastic uh, character arc throughout Buffy. Where is she? <laughs> throughout Buffy and Angel. Hmm. Uh, she ends up opening, well, she sort of takes on Buffy's advice and she ends up opening a teen homeless shelter. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, so she becomes a recurring ca- uh, character in yeah, Buffy and yeah. Angel. Yeah, so yeah. I think she's in about four episodes. I can't quite remember. She's mm. in, she's, yeah, she's in about four episodes, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. She's, Gets her life in order, does she? Yeah, and she becomes like an absolute, like in this, she's sort of, I'm not very good at looking after myself. You know, she's so, she's kind of meek. Um, yeah, and she, well, she's just like following fads and, you know, whatever it's cool at the time and getting at some guy's tattoo that she just met by the looks of it yeah. on, her, on her arm. Yeah. And didn't even get tell the guy that what her real name was. Yeah. He, no, he let, she let him name her. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm Paul Allen. <laughs> You could be Sabrina. Oh, actually, there was another there was another reference in there, wasn't there? Yeah, because I think that Ken guy starts going, "You've got guts. I'd like to rip them, <laughs> rip them out of you, or something like that." And it was very similar to that Patrick Bateman scene of, "I want to play play in you, like cut your guts open and play in your blood, or something." You're a fucking ugly bitch. I want to stab you to death and then play around with your blood. <laughs> Yeah, that that's kind of what it felt like. That yeah, yeah. Very, very similar scene. Hmm. Um, Except you... he screamed it out <laughs> yeah. in front of your face. Yeah, um, there is this scene, you know, there's that montage of the homeless, like there's sort of this weird montage hmm. of like pictures of homeless kids and it just feels a little out of place. Right. I think maybe that was something they were drawing to the homeless situation in uh, in Los Angeles. I know it's pretty bad there. Um, I remember watching something about Skid Row, um, which is a suburb in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if this is actually far from where it was filmed. Um, now we have homeless people in Australia, but it, when I went to America, it seemed to be so much worse there. Like tent cities that were just a common place you see like of course you see people in tents here but over there it's just you know it'd just be a whole block of people yeah. of tents just everywhere you know and or under bridges as well like you just see mattresses and and just people everywhere like you know little communities under a bridge yeah. um, and freeways like it was just yeah I, i'm just wondering if they were just drawing attention to the that situation and that was a little undertone in there you know about what could be happening to them or what what the real you know what's really happening to them is they've been taken to another dimension that uh, <laughs> that uh, at well, times an, well there's enough um, a Narnia door yeah there's <laughs> enough homeless people in LA to go unnoticed well funny enough I don't someone did the math on this yeah I did see that it would have and I reckon like, that eleven thousand people they would have needed to have I think they were misunderstanding that they they probably wouldn't need that many they wouldn't be taking that many people. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what they had to say, 100 people working there or something? I mean, at, at one time? Well. I don't, know. I don't want to do the math on that. No, I can't be bothered going no, down no, that road. Because what it means, so 100 years in that dimension is one day on Earth. It doesn't mm. necessarily mean that you have to go, that that's 
yeah. I don't know. I think they're misunderstanding the hmm. that yeah. One or bringing in one or two people is enough because it's still a hundred years of you know. Yeah, but that's only one day though. Yeah, but it's not one day so, down uh, there. They okay. d- they've still got. Oh yeah, of, let's let's just say they on yeah. the first day one it took a hundred people. Yeah. All right. So one day on Earth is a thousand years there, a hundred years there. Yeah. So that will actually probably that. So that will probably need two hundred people. You know, take uh, two hundred people a day, one in the afternoon and one in the after. That'll be two hundred people a day that have to take for the last fifty years each. So if they took a hundred people at eight o'clock in the morning, let's say, <laughs> right, half a day, and use them for uh, fifty years, which was you know half a day. Well, they wouldn't be getting them. Yeah, but you're taking it. You're taking it as in they're getting them all at once. They're not. Well, I mean, you got to work out the math somehow. Let's just say that. So that would mean you know two hundred people a day they would need. You don't know how many other hell yeah. hell doors they have. Well, I mean, what well. are they doing there for a bloody? That'd be like thousands of years, though. I mean, what are they doing there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, haven't they so invented that's I, better that's technology? What I mean is that they don't need to have that. No, if you think about it, well, that means it would be hundred people a day they would need. But they don't need a hundred people a day. Well, yeah, because the people would die, so they need to repel, replenish. Yeah, them. but you're going from like but that's still a hundred years. In one day, yeah. Yeah. So they've died. So you need another 100 people then the next day. Okay. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so after a week, you'd need 700 people. There would have to be other doors. <laughs> uh, bloody They'd Narnia doors, be. huh? Yeah. So moving on from that, what else you got for me, Eddie? Ugh. <laughs> That's pretty kinky. No, no. Well, what I was trying to say is about that... Um, the sad montage of the homeless kids. Um, yeah, it's actually <laughs> – that's used for the opening credits for Angel. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, which is what I was trying to say. And then you went on a rant about homeless people. <laughs> well, that just, I just had it in my head. wanted to get it out. Um, how did you feel about Joyce blaming uh, Giles for Buffy running away? Yeah, that was pretty harsh, wasn't it? <laughs> When it was quite obvious, her kicking her out of the house. Hmm. For having a secret life with her. <laughs> a secret life with Giles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joyce Summers is something, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I have heard people saying that it's, you know, she's just sad that Buffy never, like, she was more upset that Buffy never told her. Yeah. Then she didn't exactly take it particularly well. No, but it's it's always these annoying parts of uh you know these superhero identities not telling their parents and stuff like that, and then they finally out that's a big deal. Then they're okay with it, and then yeah, it wasn't a big deal after all. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing for her to accept, and maybe she's grown now. I was almost half expecting uh Joyce walk in and say it's okay, Buffy, I forgive you. <laughs> What's that from? Almost famous. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I actually you, just meant that. Yeah. Um. Did you recognize Ken? Um. I kind of did, but I didn't. Um. But then you told me he was in Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he's an actor. Um. Carlos Jacot. Is it Jacot or Jacoy? Jacoy. Oh, I don't know. Jacot, Jacoy, maybe. Carlos? Mm. Carl. 
Carl. <laughs> yeah, so he's also in Angel as well. So he's in all three shows. There was something very charming about his character, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what he does. He's he's very charming and you kind of trust him, which I think seems to be a trope with his characters I've seen so far. You sort of trust him at the start. And then you see Actually, his true yeah, colours. Actually, yeah, that's exactly what – yeah, because that's pretty much what happens in Angel as yeah, well. Yeah, he seems very tr- – oh, this guy seems nice, doesn't he? Oh, no, he's a spawn of Satan. Oh, oh well. <laughs> yep, he does that. Mm. Now, Eddie, did you recognise this face, the old man who ran across the road saying he was no one? I did not recognise okay. him. Well, maybe you, you recognise a younger version of him as Matt Damon from Saving Private Ryan. You know, you know the 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 growing old scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see him growing to an old man. Yeah, that that was the actor who played uh, that, which probably wasn't shot long long before that. Uh, this uh, you know, nineteen ninety nine. So that came out about that time, didn't it? Harrison Young is a veteran actor. Uh, passed away in two thousand and five. Making uh, been in several movies. Yeah, this guy's done a lot. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. Always been known as Young Matt Damon. I think. <laughs> it's, right. a, it's also a meme that's been used a few times too. The growing old scene. Okay. Growing old, like yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you have? Oh, had you seen this episode? No. No, I still haven't seen any episodes. Okay. Um. And did you go down a rabbit hole this week? No, not really. Um, although I was uh, listening a bit of the listen to a bit of the the feature band that was on this on this episode, uh, Belly Love. Belly Love. Okay. You ever heard of them? No. Okay. Um, I don't think anyone really has. <laughs> um, yeah, not much. I don't know. It, it seems like they sometimes pluck these bands out of complete obscurity. Like it's. You can sort of judge how popular a band is by checking like the the uh, Wikipedia page, and there's just nothing about them. Just a few lines, like not even a track list, not even like your tours or anything. It's just a little bit about the the background of the band, and they're sort of you know popular within the Los Angeles rock scene. But uh, other than that, not not really a lot. I mean, that was a, the song that they played at the start during that scene when they're in the yeah yeah so. It's a nice song, actually. It's a really nice song. I think she's a folk singer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they got a got a few albums. I mean, yeah, uh, th- it's funny. Uh, this song that I found uh, as "Back to Freedom" had more views on someone else's channel than their own channel. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And basically, it seems to be oh, they were on the you know an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it seems to be about it. Mm. Um, it seems kind of sad. It seems like they're. Pretty cool band, I don't know. Got some good songs on there. I suppose no music is really bad, you know. Um, just not as popular. Kind yeah. of like podcasts in a way, isn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly like podcasts. Uh, um, yeah, so that's it for me, baby. Okay. Well, I guess, do you have any other question? Oh, sorry, do you have any other talking points? No, no, I think that's, that's about it for me. Um, yeah. Want to get into question time? All right, let's do it. Question time. Answer the question. Yes, I will. All right, Jared. Which character was your favourite? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Ken. It was Ken, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I went with Lily. Lily? Yeah, Lily was good. Yeah. Ken was better, I thought. <laughs> I was going to say, which character did you love to hate? Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> I went Ken and Joyce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joyce. Uh, yeah. Mm. So, uh, I feel like the show is really making you hate her sometimes. Oh, I think she is what they need her to be at the time. Hmm. Um, yeah. Need not a hard antagonist, like a soft antagonist, oh, sort of, almost in a way. She's kind of a, you know what, it's easy looking back on it now and judging it, but that's the way that parents parented back then. Like, it was, oh, I think they still do, don't they? they take the heart. No, they don't. You oh. don't parent like that anymore. Oh, okay. That's an expert, yes. <laughs> Well, no, you don't. It's like it really is the well, what they call the Gen X kind of raising of kids, um, where you, you're kind of neglectful. <laughs> She's Joyce is kind of neglectful, and then, um, mm-hmm. in, and then also super strict <laughs> at okay, the same yeah. time. So, anyway, what was the most memorable fight scene? Uh, I did like Buffy beating up all those, uh, all those demons, but I think the memorable, memorable one was the one which she just bludgeoned Ken to death. <laughs> that was pretty dark, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a few dark moments in this. I got to say, yeah. you know, like that, and the and the one where they had all the humans lined up, and he asked, "Who are you?" And the guy's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm such and such," and he just yeah, just beats him over the head. Like, of course, I don't show anything, but you know, you don't get up and walk away from a. Yeah, you know, a bludging like that on on your head. So it's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Very dark this episode, wasn't it? In that yeah. in that sense, and even Buffy like, killing a few of those demons and throwing the um, the sickle, the sickle, and and uh, she had a ac- uh, hammer and a sickle at yeah, one stage. I was about to say that's you know she leads the rebellion. Mm, yes, the revolution. <laughs> the I revolution. Know. Yeah, with the, the hammer and sickle. With the mm. hammer and sickle. Yeah. Um, you know, with those those spotlights swirling around. <laughs> mm. Oh, you got to have the spotlights. Got to have those spotlights. Oh, and then we got the uh, the money shot. Yeah, yeah, with the hammer and sickle and the lights shining on her face. Yeah, that, which is in the intro, I'm guessing, yeah. for the rest of, rest of the season, is it? The um, yeah, I think it might even go for a couple of seasons. Yeah, all right. Um, but also even her swinging around on the rope and stuff with the lights, those um. Light beams spinning mm. around her as well yeah. gets used as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Pretty much that whole fight. Scene. Was there a guy up there holding the spotlights? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea why there was a need for these spotlights. <laughs> we still never know spin. what they were making in there. They just had this big furnaces melting well, stuff. Yeah, some sort of smelter. Making demon weapons, maybe. Yeah. Um, LOL moment. Uh, I think it's when Ken's making that speech about this is the re- is the price of the rebellion, and uh, Lily just pushes him off, off the, <laughs> the thing, and he falls down. The and funny like, thing is, is because he's holding her, threatening to kill her, and the, he just did not see her as hmm. any kind of threat whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what makes it the f- what makes that scene so funny is that he doesn't see her as any kind of threat to him. I, I think there's also a timing. Uh, in that in that as well, like because everyone's just standing there and just watches him fall and sort of look at each other and going, "Oh, back to it," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Oz throwing the stake 
<laughs> uh, um, you know, Buffy does that a few times, like mm. where, where, she, where the vampire's running away and you throw the stake and mm. and yeah. But it was funny because they played that. They played the music, <laughs> the build up. They, yeah. they played the build up. He lines up it up. Music. He looks and just yeah, not <laughs> even close. Rock. <laughs> he wasn't even close. Not even close. Um, yeah. Um, favorite scene. Um, I, get, I think that tracking scene. Go back to that one. Was a pretty cool scene. The technology, uh, technical aspects of it, and it was it was done quite well. Yeah, yeah. Does it does doesn't have served to be... a purpose? I think that's the main mm. thing because it it got out a lot of that exposition that they needed to get. Yeah, and it seems now there has to be like a wall scene when you do that, doesn't it? It has to be. Yeah, an, it has to be yeah. an intense running through walls and jumping over the things and dodging bullets. Now it's just just people talking and just being just quite lighthearted. Does the, doesn't, no, it doesn't it just, have to be it intense. To, it was just really like it just needed to be a kinetic move. Like they just had to show a lot of kinetic energy. Um, you had lots of people everywhere, like walking around, and yeah, it just needed to show all of that movement, get out all that exposition that they needed mm. to get out. You had to sort of set up um, the the Xander Xander Cordelia stuff. You had to set up the um. Willow, why, why, why Ozzy's back at the school? Because he's a year older. Mm. Um, it, it's something they used to do a lot in ER, isn't it? Those sort of, sort of tracking shots, spinning long shots, didn't they? I think in in like in the uh, operating sort of scenes, they used to do a lot, didn't they? I can't really remember to be honest. Uh, I mean, I mean, that was one of their niche things that they would do. They sort of would have a quite a long shot, you yeah, know, well, maybe a good minute or so, not not six minutes, but it was uh, yeah. sort of a lot of lot of these one shot sort of. Uh, Things. But again, it's always an intense. Yeah, a long shot usually means an intense scene. Yeah, kind of so. like recently with Loki. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, my favorite scene was um. It had to be yeah, as you're talking about in the lineup, and Buffy just does that little sly smile when asked, you know, who are you, and she does this little sly smile and sort of does that. I'm Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, and you are. <laughs> And then starts off the rebellion. <laughs> Are you crazy? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> um, least favorite scene. I know I said I went down the rabbit hole with the uh, that that band, but uh, I thought the the bronze scene maybe was a bit flat. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing, right. nothing much happened there, apart from the band. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't particularly like a lot of the. Xander Cordelia stuff and the fact that they pretty much in, until they start fighting, hmm. um, that that sparks off their relationship again, yeah. which pretty much says that they really don't have a very and healthy what, that, relationship. Catch up after school is it only a school relationship. Yeah, like so they haven't been in contact. Look, so she's been away. Oh, was that? Oh, is that what it was? But you'd think that she would have maybe made a phone call. Yeah. To her boyfriend. Wrote him a letter. Yeah. You know, people used to send letters to each other. Oh, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. I can't remember the last time I received a letter that wasn't a bill. Mm. They're um. your only friends now. <laughs> Who's Bill? <laughs> um. Oh, favourite quote. Um, well, it was a few that Ken said. Um, there's this one and there's another one. I can't remember the other one, but there's this one... Uh, uh, so this is Ken saying this. That that was not permitted. Buffy replies, "Yeah, but it was fun. You have got guts." 
I'd like to slice you and open and play with them. <laughs> there's another one he said saying, oh, she can't do that, can she? She can't do that. They're not supposed to do that. Yeah, Humans don't fight back. You're humans not, don't fight back. You're not supposed to fight back. <laughs> um. Yeah, he also has, yeah, so he has all of those horrible lines, but these are the ones that he says before he does, starts his evil <laughs> mm-hmm. rant. This is what wins over uh, Lily and it's, but hope is a real thing, just like despair, and hope can fill up a part of you that's missing. Hmm. He also says, um, "The this is when they wake up in the cell <laughs> and they're like, we're in hell. And Buffy's like, this isn't hell. And then what is hell but the total absence of hope, the substance, the tactile proof of despair. Hmm. Yeah. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Very depressing. Very depressing. Mm. But as I said, fitting with the um, theme of identity and hope. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that Buffy's in these, you know, the pits of despair. Literal pit of despair. (laughs) Yes, and then gets sent to the literal pit of despair. And is kind of living in her own hell. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Best Cordelia freakout moment. But they're fighting the vampire the second time and they're having their big moment and then, uh, you know, she pushes the vampire onto the thing and they and they stab it in between them. So I'm very <laughs> kinky about that. Like she's on top of the vampire as it gets staked and then he dusts and then they land on the top of each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that one. Um, you got something better? Yeah, it's in that, that long scene. He didn't meet anybody over the summer, did he? No, who's gonna? Who's he gonna meet in Sunnydale? But monsters and stuff. But then again, he's always been attracted to monsters. <laughs> How's my hair? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question: Who gets the wooden spoon? I give the wooden spoon to the blossom hat that Willow wears. <laughs> it's a pretty ghastly hat. It is. It's a bucket hat. Hmm. Does she wear it again? Uh, not that one, but I'm pretty sure she wears a different one. Yeah? All right. Yeah. That gets the wooden spoon. <laughs> I was going to go for Oz. Yeah? Because he could have just done three months of summer school and now he has to do a whole year. I don't know how So he could be with his girl. It's kind of romantic. Isn't not it? really. Yeah. Well, she got a new job teaching. Is she still teaching? I don't know. I don't think so. They must have gotten a new teacher got by now. Got a new now. teacher by now, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, who's the MVP of the episode? I will give it to Lily. Yeah. 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 She uh, turned her life around and got Buffy's help when it was needed. Knew she could do something. Got the right person involved. Yeah. And uh, and pushed the guy off the ledge. <laughs> That's a, took a chance. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else was like bashed into submission. She's like, oh, I, you know, I can just push him off yeah, here. Yeah, and she did seem like the weakest, meekest character. And, mm. yeah. and as you were saying, he he felt no threat from her, could just stand there with her right, beh- with her right behind him. Wouldn't harm a fly. Yeah. 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 And all she had to do was just push, and she did it. Well done, her. Yeah, and that's sort of, yeah. And that's really the start of her journey. So mm. to speak. And she really does turn her life around after that mm. and becomes a very useful person in society. Oh, good for her. 
Um, what do you rate this episode out of 10? Using something from the episode. I'll give it five bottles of bleach. <laughs> okay. It's a little dark. Is that <laughs> this episode is pretty dark. <laughs> is that because of what Ricky drank the bleach? Yeah, when he drank the bleach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just going to give it seven out of ten joining tattoos. Okay. You've given darker things before, so I'm not sure why you're judging me. <laughs> For drinking bleach. Yeah, five bottles of bleach. You said, I'm sure you've given seven heads or something as, a, as your something to give it a number in a week. No? I know, it's been something dark. Darker yeah. than that. Yeah, but when I do it, it's funny. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> when you do it, it's just dark and disturbing. <laughs> All right. I think, are we done? Uh yeah, uh I think I think I've got everything down and yeah, let's just punch it, baby. Well, I hope you've enjoyed tonight. We are sub nerd subculture. Who are we? Nerd subculture. Yeah. Uh my name is Jared. And I'm Edwina. And you can find us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, there is a Facebook group, and you can email us on uh, uh, sorry, email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. Yeah, so Uh, Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye. Grr, arg.